Carlow County Development Plan 2022-2028 Report by Suzanne Pender Marathon Meeting Approves Draft Version of Key Development Plan The Carlow County Development Plan 2022-2028 passed a significant hurdle last Thursday night as it progresses towards becoming the definitive blueprint for the county's future development. A special meeting of Carlow County Council met last Thursday at Visual to consider various motions and resolutions along with Chief Executive Kathleen Houlihan's report into the draft Carlow County Development Plan, the CDP. The CDP establishes a broad framework over the way in which County Carlow's economy, society, environment and the use of land should evolve over the years to come. The hugely detailed and challenging meeting ran to over six and a half hours, at many times marred by technical issues due to inadequate Wi-Fi at the George Bernard Shaw Theatre. The disruptions ultimately meant the special meeting was held over two sessions last Thursday. The first session took place from 2pm to 6.30pm, which some council members and officials attended remotely. The meeting reconvened at 8pm with all attendees logging in remotely and finally completing their discussions at 9.45pm. The CDP incorporates aims, objectives, policies and guidelines to provide for the proper planning and sustainable development of the county. It is essentially a spatial planning framework that ensures the delivery of sustainable and planned economic and social development. However, the plan must be consistent with higher-level plans and strategies such as Project Ireland 2040, National Planning Framework Ireland and the Regional Spatial and Economic Strategy for the Southern Region 2020. Across 16 chapters contained within the CDP, under headings such as Housing, Community Development and Plans for Towns and Villages, the members discuss their contents in detail which was then followed by a roll call vote as members considered the adoption of each chapter. Among the more contentious issues was the recommendation by the Chief Executive to remove the Lime Killen cooling tower at the site of the former sugar factory from the protected structures list, which was rejected by members. Other issues that sparked debate included the zoning of land at Thompson's of Carlow on the Athai Road, the ongoing issue of the Barrow Blue Way and various zonings of land for residential developments in towns and villages across the county. Last Thursday's meeting follows months of work by council officials and members, including various workshops and discussions. Councillors also met privately on Thursday morning for several hours to discuss the plan. Chief Executive Houlihan thanked council officials, in particular Director of Services Michael Rainey and planners Anita Sweeney and Wesley Kyo for their tremendous work. This is a huge responsibility and they have worked tirelessly on this plan, she stated. Ms Houlihan also complimented council members, adding that this was their most important piece of work outside of budgets and that it was clear they take the responsibility very diligently. Cahirloch, Councillor Finton Phelan, welcomed this significant milestone in the adoption of the CDP, pointing out that the draft plan now goes on public display for a period of three weeks, allowing four weeks then for further observations and submissions by the public. 
The county development plan is not yet passed, but we have passed a significant hurdle today, said Councillor Phelan. The draft CDP was proposed by Councillor Michael Dorn, seconded by Councillor John Pender and unanimously agreed by all 18 council members. Are owners letting properties fall into disrepair on purpose? Are people being rewarded for letting their property go to rack and ruin than having it taken off the county's protected structure list? That was the question posed by Councillor John Casson at last Thursday's special council meeting to discuss the draft Carlow County Development Plan, the CDP. At the meeting, members voted to have a property at Hines Corner at Shamrock Plaza removed from the county's record of protected structures. In a separate motion brought forward by Councillors Fergal Brown and Finton Phelan, a property at 49 Burren Street, Carlow, was placed on the protected structure list. In her report, Chief Executive Kathleen Houlihan accepted the councillor's motion that the façade and external footprint of the main building only at 49 Burn Street be included on the record of protected structures. In her recommendation, Ms Houlihan states that the external form of the end of terrace building constructed circa 1820 to 1840 on the east side of Burn Street is in a remarkably intact condition, with the late Georgian detailing of the front façade making a positive contribution to the streetscape of Burn Street. Both the removal of the Shamrock Plaza property from the protected list and the inclusion of 49 Burn Street were passed by members. However, Councillor John Casson expressed concern about Shamrock Plaza. Are people being rewarded now by having their property taken off the protected structure list by letting it go to rack and ruin? asked Councillor Casson. Pointing out that there are trees growing through the property at Burren Street, he asked what, if any, correspondence from the council was sent to the owner of the property at Burren Street. Director of Services Michael Rainey insisted that the council actively progresses cases where protected structures are not maintained, and he encouraged any property owner of a protected structure that they must maintain their property to the highest degree. In a motion brought forward by Councillor Michael Dorn, members also voted in favour of including the façade and footprint only of the Dispensary House, Church Street, Carlow, on the protected structure list. 60 Carlow pupils are in ASD units in schools in another county. 60 Carlow children are being forced to travel outside of their own county to attend school due to a lack of ASD units locally. At last Thursday's special meeting to discuss the draft Carlow County Development Plan, the CDP, Councillor Adrienne Wallace put forward a motion that, where possible, the plan should encourage the development of ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder Units, in schools in Carlow Town and County to ensure the needs of all students are being met. Her motion was seconded by Councillor Fergal Brown, who pointed out that 60 pupils are going out of Carlow every day to attend school. In Carlow Town, our single-gender schools are really working against us, stated Councillor Brown. In response to Councillor Wallace's motion, Chief Executive Kathleen Houlihan stated that while the delivery and funding of ASD units is a matter for the Department of Education, 
it is acknowledged that explicit support can be encouraged in the draft Carlow County Development Plan 2022-2028. The Chief Executive then recommended an amendment of the draft plan to include the wording under educational facilities that the Council policies support and facilitate as appropriate the development and expansion of educational facilities and services, including the development of ASD units throughout the county to ensure the needs of all students are met. The community development section of the CDP was then carried by members. Plan should include car parking near motorways. Provision for car parking at motorway junctions should be incorporated as part of the county development plan. Speaking at a special meeting of Carlow County Council on the Draft County Development Plan 2022-2028, Councillor Michael Doran pointed to the number of people now carpooling and parking their cars at motorway junctions. He insisted that facilities for car parking should be part of the planning process at these junctions. Parking should be considered in any further development, said Councillor Doran. He also called for a more integrated transport system, pointing out that in Bagnallstown, rail users have to pay for parking when it should be free to encourage rail use. Cahirloch Councillor Finton Phelan agreed that parking facilities should be available at motorway junctions, while Councillor John Pender pointed out that one of the busiest motorway junctions for Carlow commuters was unfortunately in another county at Prumpelstown. Councillor Pender also pointed to the lack of joined-up thinking at railway stations, highlighting a case last week that occurred when the electricity was gone at Carlow Railway Station. A woman he had spoken to explained that with no electricity she couldn't get a parking ticket from the machine. But because the car park is operated separately from the train station, Irish rail staff couldn't assist. She ended up not going to Dublin, said Councillor Pender. Councillor Andy Gladney described the situation at Bagnallstown Railway Station as a total disgrace, with toilet facilities closed to the public. They just don't seem to recognise the public anxiety about this. It's also causing problems down the town. People are parking on the street because they are being charged for parking by Erin Road Erin, added Councillor Gladney. Councillor John Murphy said that he counted 35 or 36 cars parked at Prumpelstown last Wednesday afternoon. The travel and transport chapter contained within the draft Carlow County Development Plan 2022-2028 was then proposed by Councillor Fergal Brown, seconded by Councillor Andrea Dalton and adopted by the members. Inquest returns accidental death verdict in case involving schoolboy. Article by Sean McCarthy. A well-known horse racing trainer who was involved in a fatal road collision which resulted in the death of a Carlow schoolboy has told an inquest that he had no chance to brake to avoid hitting the child's bicycle. The driver, Aidan Fitzgerald, said the bicycle ridden by the victim had suddenly come out of a minor road at a T-junction at Coran Burris, County Carlow, and collided instantly with his vehicle. Mr Fitzgerald, a former amateur jockey who trains horses at his stables in Ballymartin Burris, said he managed to stop his Toyota Land Cruiser within metres, as he believed he was only travelling at a speed of 20 kilometres per hour at the point of impact. 
An inquest at Dublin District Coroner's Court last Wednesday heard that 10-year-old Adam Lyons had died while being held in the arms of his mother Heather, surrounded by his family at Children's Health Ireland, Temple Street in Dublin, on the 25th of June 2020. The schoolboy from Ballymartin Upper Burris had been airlifted earlier that day from the scene of the accident by an Air Corps helicopter for transfer to hospital in Dublin because of the severity of his injuries. Mr Fitzgerald said he was returning from a visit to a field he was renting in the area with his two daughters Rosie and Millie at the time of the incident. He told the inquest that shortly before the fatal collision he had pulled his vehicle into the verge to allow three girls on bicycles to pass. One of the girls was Adam's sister Ava. Mr Fitzgerald said the cyclist had not landed on the bonnet of his SUV and Adam's head had not made contact with the vehicle as he had swerved to try to avoid hitting the boy. He also described how he and another man who arrived on the scene attempted to resuscitate Adam using CPR before emergency services arrived. Questioned by Adam's father Eddie if he could have got the speed he was travelling at wrong, Mr Fitzgerald replied that he had stopped pretty quick. It only took a few metres to stop. I know I was not going fast. I don't drive quick, he added. In a statement, one of Adam's friends, David Cass, described how they, together with another friend, Sean Dalton, had been out to a friend's house to pick up a games controller. David said he and Sean had stopped as they came to the junction, but Adam kept going on. The boy described how his friend had ended up lying on the ground near the wall while his bike was broken up in pieces. The inquest heard that an inspection of Mr Fitzgerald's vehicle found it had a few minor defects but nothing which contributed to the fatal collision, while Adam's bicycle was in good mechanical order. Gartha Morris Mahan, a forensic collision investigator, said it had not been possible to estimate the speed of either the vehicle or bicycle at the point of impact. Gartha Mahan said road users would have very limited views of traffic on the other road on approaches to the T-junction, while there were no road markings or stop signs. He said Adam had probably hit the wall as a result of the impact or a rock on the ground next to the wall. Gartha Sean Delaney, who carried out an investigation into the collision, said Mr Fitzgerald had passed a breathalyser test while an examination of his mobile phone showed it was not in use at the time of the fatal incident. The witness said he had driven the route taken by Mr Fitzgerald himself, and the time it took corroborated the evidence provided by the motorist. Gartha Delaney said it appeared that Adam had only glanced off the vehicle, as there was only a slight scratch mark on the bonnet from the handlebars of the bicycle. The court heard that Mr Fitzgerald had been convicted and fined for not having a valid NCT certificate at the time of the collision, but that there was no criminal proceedings in relation to the crash itself. Garda Delaney said it was one of the hardest cases he had dealt with in over 20 years as a Garda, and he acknowledged that the whole community in the Ballymartin area was in shock at Adam's death. The inquest heard that Adam died as a result of multiple traumatic injuries resulting from the collision, including a collapsed lung, broken left femur and severe internal bleeding. Returning a verdict of accidental death, the coroner, Dr Claire Keane, expressed her condolences to Adam's parents and family on a most shocking accident which affected so many people. 
Noting it would have been Adam's twelfth birthday the week following the inquest, Dr. Keane said, It is a heartbreaking loss. There are no words to say.